Good morning, it's Friday the 5th of January and this is Govind Rajathiraj coming to you from Mumbai, India's once again smogged out financial capital. Our top stories and themes for the day, the Indian stock markets find a footing, lead a global recovery. Goldman, Morgan Stanley, UBS cut crude price forecasts for 2024, peg it around $77 a barrel. Fuel prices are coming down for planes but not cars as Indigo to drop fares. Bajaj Chetak's half a century ride from petrol through electric. The Magnificent Seven from sizzle to fizzle. And Microsoft makes the first change to its keyboard in 30 years with an AI key. This is a core report with Govindraj Ethiraj. Markets find a footing. After two days of declines, the stock markets recovered almost inexplicably. Though it depends on how you see the sequence, Indian markets recovered first and then the global markets recovered later, which is overnight, presumably on the same triggers that everyone was searching for. The BSE Sensex soared 491 points to end at 71,848, while the Nifty 50 ended 141 points higher at 21,659. The Nifty Realty Index jumped almost 7% and I'll come to that in some detail shortly. Elsewhere in the world, both stocks and bonds steadied after a rocky start to the year, leading many to speculate and wonder if the rest of 2024 would be similar. So that sentiment has abated, at least for now or right now. So investors are now focused on US jobs data on Friday, which could provide more clues on the timing of possible interest rate cuts this year. Because on Wednesday, minutes from the Federal Reserve's December meeting suggested rates could remain at restrictive levels for some time. So it's back to near-term crystal ball gazing, essentially. And back home, people are, as we discussed earlier, also keeping an eye out on earnings, which will start flowing next week. The IT companies will be off the block first. And it is possible that some of them want to be that student in the class who wants to be the last to answer the teacher's question. Speaking of IT... The tech giants in the United States are losing ground in the stock markets as the AI-linked and lead boom appears to be losing steam. The chip index has now declined almost 7% since reaching a record high close on December 27th. More on that shortly. And now our energy segment supported by India Energy Week. Global investment banks cut oil price forecasts. Speaking of declines in general, major investment banks led by Morgan Stanley are cutting forecasts for Brent crude prices this year by about 9% to about $77 a barrel on Wednesday. In Europe, UBS Group also downgraded its outlook a few weeks after Goldman Sachs Group did the same, Bloomberg News reported. So the expectation is that the sheer force of supply, led of course by US shale production, will take care of growth and the production cuts being enforced soon by the Organization of Petroleum Exporting or OPEC countries. Moreover, oil demand in itself, as we've discussed and pointed out here in the core report, expected to slow down this year as a post-pandemic rebound loses steam. So the specific figure per barrel is not so relevant as is the fact that demand is slowing down and the pressure is now on prices to stay low. A lower price outlook is obviously good for countries like India, as we will see shortly. Brent futures traded around $79 a barrel on Thursday. So, according to Bloomberg, amongst the five big Wall Street banks, only Bank of America Corp now anticipates gains in oil, forecasting an average of $90 a barrel. 
Citigroup is the most bearish, predicting an average of about $75 a barrel. It's getting cheaper to fly than to drive, in a manner of speaking. Speaking about lower oil price outlook, a litre of petrol in a pump in India is the same and has been for some time, but a litre of jet fuel is cheaper and getting cheaper, so airlines like Indigo are dropping fares. Indigo on Thursday said it would be removing fuel surcharges from all domestic and international flights following a reduction in aviation turbine fuel or jet fuel prices. This applies to tickets booked from January 4th onwards only. So, ADF costs or jet fuel costs represent the largest expenditure for Indian carriers and take up about 45% of their overall revenue. Now, Indigo had introduced that surcharge in October 2023 following an increase in jet fuel prices. That was the fourth consecutive fuel price hike at about 5% over the previous month and a roughly 2.5% year-on-year hike. At that time, Indigo had imposed a fuel charge of about 300 rupees for flights up to 500 kilometers and 400 for 500 to 1,000 and 1,000 rupees for distances above 3,500 kilometers. But the point is that since November, ATF prices have been falling steadily in keeping with falling overall crude oil prices. Now, Indigo said that since ATF prices are dynamic, they would continue to adjust fares and components thereof. The energy segment was supported by India Energy Week, which kicks off on February 6th. For more details, visit indiaenergyweek.com. Realty stocks are on the roll. Stocks of real estate companies are shooting up with the Nifty Realty Index going up by nearly 6% to a fresh all-time high of 834. The gains were led by Soba developers based in Bangalore, which roomed about 20% to a record high. Shares of Loda, listed as macrotech developers, jumped 8% and several other realty company stocks from Godrej Properties to DLF to Oberoi Realty and a bunch of others rose after they either announced fresh projects, ambitious sales projections for them or a path to achieving all of it with fresh management blood. So the exuberance in realty stocks obviously reflects a larger bullishness in the sector. India's top Eight property markets registered a 5% growth in annual sales at about 329,000 apartments in 2023, according to data from Knight Frank India, with cities like Ahmedabad and Pune growing at 15 and 13%. Mumbai region registered the highest sales at about 86,000 units, demonstrating a 2% growth. Kolkata saw the highest home sales growth in terms of percentage at 16%, followed by Ahmedabad at 15 and Pune at 13 but prices have grown faster. We were talking about units so far. Hyderabad jumped 11% in 2023 and Mumbai, Bangalore and Kolkata were up around 7% each. But importantly, within that are the interesting numbers or data points, which is that people are buying, as the core report has focused on earlier, more expensive properties outpacing affordable ones. And the demand surge is setting off more supply as well, at least at this point, in turn reflected by perhaps the high or rising stock prices. So to get a sense on the overall prognosis for the real estate market and also the key question on whether we are entering a bubble-like zone, I reached out to Gulam Zia, Senior Executive Director at Knight Frank, overseeing research and valuation among other areas. And I began by asking him what he was projecting for 2024. The numbers are looking very positive. In fact, 2023 closed at perhaps the new highs, historic best in many of the cities and markets. And a few of these 
the upper end markets like Mumbai, Bangalore and Delhi have done fabulously well for residential real estate. So that as we see from where we look at it, we do see it continuing. There are two reasons I would contribute or I would say what would contribute to that. Number one is that the demand for mid to upper end housing has been growing month on month for almost about last year and a half for sure. And last year itself, one more statistic, one more number I would want to throw at, at this moment, that in upper end, the growth was the highest. The upper end of the market grew by 33% last year. Whereas the lower end, which is the affordable housing or you know lower end of the market was actually shrinking. And that is a big concern. So while mid to upper end has come to the rescue of the overall real estate market, the lower end of the market is where now government is also focusing. They are coming up with some incentive by way of giving lower mortgage rates to the lower end because the lower end was bursted due to the interest rates shooting up. So with that coming, we are expecting even the bottom of the pyramid or the lower end of the market should also bounce back, which will give a huge impetus to a continued growth in the times to come. So even if there is some amount of slowing down in the highest end of the market or mid to higher end, we are confident with the government intervention coming in by way of loan subsidies, etc. We shall see bouncing back of the lower end as well. And that will right. continue the momentum for real estate in time. Right. So a slightly broader question, Gulam. So, you know, cities like Bombay, at least to a layperson, appear, you know, constrained in terms of capacity and similarly for other cities as well. And obviously, maybe new properties are coming up further out. But how are you seeing that? Because to me, at least at this point of time, it appears that supply is almost, you know, unlimited. Not really. In fact, when we're looking at the macro picture also, the number of new launches in last year were somewhere about 350,000, whereas the sales were 329-odd thousand. So it is a nominal increment. Like I would say that even that is not nothing to worry about because while inventory has broadened a bit, the sales have actually been improving even faster. What we normally look at is the velocity of sale. How many apartments are you selling every month or every quarter? That has been shooting up. So even if you have new inventory coming in, much larger number of inventory coming in, because the velocity of sale also shooting up even at a higher pace, the absorption shall not be a worry in time to come. So there are, of course, a lot of people are asking this question. The inventory overhang. That's what, that's what people are talking about, whether it's a bubble. But I always counter saying that you need to look at the velocity of sale as well. And if the velocity of sale is moving faster than availability of new stock, then of course, there's, it's not a bubble. In fact, I would rather worry about this situation giving rise to unhealthy price rise. You know, because I do see inventory not sufficient to take care of the sales that are happening in the market. And that should really be the question. Do we really see the price rise because of a lesser number of new inventory coming in? But that's where, at least for the moment, we don't really see much of it because the developers have learned their lessons and not really taking the prices much higher. In last year, we have seen very 5.5% of growth in prices, which is very healthy. Right. And do you have a sense, Gulam, of who is buying? Is it, uh, you know, in, the, in terms of the composition of people who are buying across the country? Is, is there one consistent demographic or is it diverse? It is pretty diverse. I would also want to quantify or rather try to explain the backdrop of where the buyers are coming from. Look, a few people would want to believe that the stock exchange, the sudden upsurge in the stock markets is contributing to new wealth creation and so on. But I don't fully agree to that hypothesis because on the other side, I would want to take you back by last six, seven odd years where the inventory, the economy was doing well. I'm talking about pre-COVID. 
at least three, four years, 
Around the time Chetak in its petrol avatar was phased out to make way for motorcycles. So the new Chetak, in the context of all that I just said, will apparently have a revamped yet retro design. The Economic Times reports that the 2024 Bajaj Chetak will feature several upgrades, including more range, a different battery, higher speed, and more storage, plus more electronics, and of course, a 50-euro look. Of course, of that, I'm not completely sure, but I'm sure we will know in a day or two. From sizzle to fizzle. The tech giants have got off to a weak start in the stock markets this year and week. The Magnificent 7, which includes Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, Meta platforms, Tesla and NVIDIA, fell, rather their stocks fell for the last four trading days, the longest losing streak in a month according to the Bloomberg Magnificent 7 price return index. Yes, there is an index with that name. Shares of Apple down about 5% in that time period led the slump that's erased close to $380 billion in market value already. The Nasdaq 100 has also fallen in the last four trading days. But this group, we're talking about the 7 again, has risen more than 100% last year, thanks, to, of course, to that frenzy in AI or artificial intelligence stocks and investments in them. Meanwhile, the Apple stock is under particular pressure because of analyst downgrades following expectations of softer demand for iPhones, which we've been talking about, including potentially lower sales in countries like China. Tesla, which is also treated as a tech company, has also dropped 9%. While it delivered more electric vehicles in the fourth quarter than analysts expected, it has now fallen behind as the world's largest seller of electric cars. And China's BYD Co. has taken that position. In December, everyone bought the sizzle. Now we have to see if the stake is any good, an analyst told Bloomberg. And I would add that from the sizzle, I guess we are now preparing ourselves for the fizzle. Speaking about fizzles, the Hong Kong government is not selling any residential or commercial land plots in the first quarter of the year as weak market sentiment dampens developer demand, according to Bloomberg. An official said on Thursday that they had witnessed in recent months that the market is not too keen in tendering for residential sites. This apparently is the first time in recent years for the government to not sell any residential plots. The government is also not auctioning commercial sites, continuing the same decision made in the previous quarter as office vacancies remain high. The city saw a record 16% of empty office space at the end of last year, according to CBRE Group, Inc., quoted by Bloomberg. The sluggish land market has hurt the government's coffers. Land sales have long been a major source of income for the financial hub to maintain a low tax system. This, of course, is similar in some ways to cities like Mumbai, which also rely on home sales and the stamp duty collected from them to bolster their coffers. And an AI key on Microsoft's keyboard. If almost anything can be AI, then why not keyboards too? Well, remember the Windows button on Microsoft or PC keyboards? Now there will be an AI button as well. The button will activate its AI Copilot service in devices this month. Now, the Copilot key will sit to the right of the spacebar and is the first change in the keyboard layout in about 30 years since the Windows or Start key. Microsoft's hardware partners will display Windows 11 computers with the Copilot button over the coming days at the CES Technology Conference in Las Vegas. Yusuf Mehdi, Consumer Chief Marketing Officer, said in a blog post seen by the Core Report, 
that in the new year, Microsoft would be ushering in a significant shift towards a more personal and intelligent computing future where AI will be seamlessly woven into Windows from the system to the silicon to the hardware. This will not only simplify people's computing experience, but also amplify it, making 2024 the year of the AI PC. On that note, that's it from me for today. See you tomorrow. That was The Core Report with me, Govindraj Ethiraj. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at The Core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter for our exclusive stories, one in-depth feature a day on www.thecore.in. Do also track us on LinkedIn, where we usually post synopsis or extracts of our top stories and interviews. We would love your feedback on how we can make business more interesting and relevant, including, of course, India's vibrant manufacturing sector. So write to us at feedback at the core.in. And thank you once again for listening. <laughs>